0: Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. Hey SHC, hope you guys are all doing well tonight. And uh, if you're out there, give us a like, give us a thumbs up, let us know you're with us. We're uh, going to get into our Bible study tonight here in just a few minutes. I'm kind of excited for this tonight. We're going to jump into the last part of Daniel 9 uh, that we started last week. And we're going to pick up with verses 24 through 27. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but we're just going to wait a few minutes here, let some people get on. And I'm trying to watch my uh, feed here. Jer's with us. Cheryl's with us. Ruthie's with us. Uh, and they're still coming. Hi, Robert. Good to see you tonight. And let me give a shout out to the worship team there at the church tonight, getting ready, practicing Uh, a little bit beforehand and a little bit after the Bible study night. They're practicing, getting ready for our our, uh, May 24th launch of uh, in-person worship of Jesus again. So pretty stoked about that. So just a a shout out to them. Appreciate their uh, sacrifice and their time tonight that they're putting into that. Love you guys. And uh, looking forward to being able to worship with you again. Scotty jumped in, is with us. And I see Debbie's there and Bill and Jan. Hi, guys. Good to have you tonight. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 9 tonight. We're going to finish up, actually this week we're going to finish up our Daniel series uh, all together. This is going to be our last week for, that, for this and we're going to jump into a brand new series next week. Uh, so that'll be fun. We're going to jump into the book of Galatians and we're going to look at Galatians in the context of the gospel in Galatians. So it's going to be working through Galatians but with a particular focus. So um, uh, I'm really looking forward to that as well. Hey, uh, while we're letting people get in tonight, let me just share a few things. Uh, again, May 24th is going to be that first family worship service. A couple of details there as people go ahead and come in. Uh, we're going to have a, an abbreviated service, and this is the way we're going to run for some time. Uh, we're going to start at 11 o'clock instead of 10.15. So we'll start our service at 11, and we'll be done at 12 or very close to 12 o'clock. We're going to have a one-hour service. Uh, because of everything going on with social distancing, we will, be, um, we will be practicing social distancing in the church. And we are actually uh, working on rearranging some seating and, and doing some things different right now and putting some plans in place for, for how we can we can worship together in a healthy way. Uh, so I hope you guys will join us. Just remember, be there at 11, not 1015. Now, also, there is going to be uh, no child care, no nursery, no kids church, and no cove. Uh, with that hour service so kids will need to stay with mom and dad uh, for that service as well and uh, we're going to be doing that at least at least through um, at least through July would be the earliest we would we would start kids church back up and uh, we'll give you some more details about that as well now the nursery will be open if moms if if you're out there and you're thinking oh my goodness where am I going to change my baby the nursery will be unlocked for that purpose and you can certainly jump in there and take care of that Uh, but we'll have nobody uh, overseeing nursery for those those weeks so let's see who we got here stephanie's in hi stephanie brenda christine and i don't know whoever else is in before them that scrolled off my screen welcome glad to have you tonight good to see you guys hey we're going to be in daniel 9 we're going to finish up our bible study uh tonight in daniel 9 so you guys uh you guys go ahead and have your bibles you can turn there with me listen i'm only planning on preaching tonight teaching tonight for about 30 minutes or less um, and we've got a lot that we're going to really uh, try to go through tonight. Now, listen, I put the notes out uh, on Facebook in the unit section. So if you go to the Facebook group, you should be able to get those and everything or almost everything I'm going to talk about and even a lot more than I'll talk about tonight is there for your access as well. Uh, I encourage you to go get those, and it'll give you a lot of scriptural references that maybe we won't have time to dig deep into. Uh, hey, um, while we're getting ready to start uh, tonight, I've got a few things I want to pray about, and we're going to pray. And we're up to 17 uh, locations that are in tonight, so we're going to... Uh, I hope that's not full. I hope we have some more come on in. Uh, and we always have several people at every location, so that's that's good, too. Um, but we're, we've got enough. We're going to go ahead and start here in just a moment. But let's pray tonight. The Colborns uh, they have uh, a friend that has broken his collarbone. Looks like uh, fell down a hill and injured himself in his back pretty severely, and going through some recovery right now. And we want to pray for him. And I understand that Caleb Duke is getting ready to go um, to lineman school, and uh, he's going to be in Nashville for quite some time, uh, being training. So we're pretty excited for him and that. But we want to pray for both of those uh, prayer requests tonight. We want to pray for healing. We want to pray for protection uh, for Caleb as well and uh let's do that tonight and then we're going to jump in lord we love you thank you so much uh, for being a good god that cares about all all the stuff that goes on in our lives and tonight we pray over this friend of Joe and Cheryl's God I, I ask you to touch his body we're asking you tonight for the supernatural we're asking you to heal him we're praying God that you would heal this uh, th- this back and, and this neck and this injury that he's dealing with and, and we pray tonight God that you would as he goes through this physical therapy that you would give him complete and total use and, and full recovery once again and we pray over Caleb tonight God uh, we lift him before you and we'll continue to do this uh, for the next months as he goes through lineman training. We ask you to keep your hand up on it, protect him uh, as he travels, protect him through the schooling and protect him from all that's going on in Nashville with, uh, with, with COVID and, and which is happening everywhere. We just ask you to protect him, protect his body, protect his health, protect his heart, his mind, and be with him. And God bless him, bless him in this endeavor as he um, as he trains and prepares for a career. God, may you give him uh, strength. May you give him uh, just the ability to remember things and to hang on to things and to learn things and, and excel at what he's doing here. Uh, and we ask it tonight in Jesus' name. We pray over this Bible study as we delve into Daniel. I ask you tonight, help me to teach, help me to communicate in a way that makes sense and connects with people. And, and I pray, God, tonight as we we uh, hear your word proclaimed as to what's coming in our future and and maybe our near future um god that your holy spirit would 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 just grab a hold of our hearts and shake us up if we need shook up and uh stir something within us tonight in jesus name we pray amen amen hey let's dive into this tonight um wow we're up to 21 so i uh bill bucker good to see you bill and olivia jumped in good to see you olivia and joe hi glad to have you with us tonight Um, So we're we're glad to have you all with us. We're in Daniel chapter 9. If you just jumped in a few minutes ago, this is our last week in Daniel. Next week, we're going to be jumping into Galatians. We're going to look at Galatians through the lens of the gospel, the gospel in Galatians. And that's going to go for, uh, the plan is five weeks. So I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to that too. That'll be a fun study. But tonight, let's jump into Daniel. And um, let me just take a minute because we're, we're finishing up part two of last week. So let me take a minute, do a brief review, and then we're going to dive into this. And we're going to be in Revelation. We're going to be in Thessalonians. We're going to be in Romans. We're going to be in a lot of places tonight. So all those scripture references, I think, are in the notes if you want to download them. Uh, you can grab those and uh, they will help you as well. So we started out last week and we worked through the first 23 verses of Daniel 9. And then we jumped into verses 24 through 27, uh, which is this portion that talks about kind of futuristic things where uh, the angel comes to Daniel and says, Hey, God wants you to know this stuff. And he he lays out this uh, idea of 70 weeks and we spent some time last week on what are what are those weeks? Are they accurate, li- literal weeks, or are they symbolic? And we determined they're symbolic. And we determined that most likely a week is equivalent to seven years. So 70 weeks, if I know I hate to throw math at you, but if you can do the math with me, 70 weeks is 490 years. Now, last week, we also then went a little bit further, and we began to read through uh, the information that the angel gave to Daniel, and he breaks... These 70 weeks that are, are going to happen from Daniel's time forward, actually from the time that the decree went out to rebuild Jerusalem, and we identified a date for that. He he says in those 70 weeks, certain things are going to happen. We get that in verse 24. And he then breaks the 70 weeks down into three different sections. The first one is um, it's seven weeks or 49 years. And the second grouping is then 62 weeks. Um, and then the third grouping would be a final week. And we worked our way through what to Daniel was future prophecy, what to us is history. We worked through what probably that first grouping, that first seven weeks was, that 49 years. We worked through what probably that second that second grouping 62 weeks was. And we came all the way up to this 70th week, this final week of Daniel And I'm going to pick up this evening and read uh, with you verse 26. If you've got your Bibles, I really encourage you to grab them, open your apps, and follow along as best you can here with this. Uh, And Jimmy's in, Thompsons are in, and hi Sandy, good to see you guys tonight. Hey, uh, verse 26, and after 62 weeks, so we're at the end of the 62-week period, an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing, and his people... And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And we talked about that 62 weeks, the end of the 62 weeks, uh, which if you add the 62 and the 7, that's the end of the 69 weeks. We've got one week left. Happened at, at with Jesus' death on the cross. Uh, at the end of 62 weeks, possibly at his baptism, but somewhere around in there. And Jesus was the anointed one that was cut off when he was hung on the cro- cross. Cut off cut off from god for a period of time god was no longer able to look at him as he took the sins of the world upon himself so an anointed one shall be cut off after the 62 or the the full 69 weeks and the people of the prince of the uh, 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 the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary and from history we know the people that destroyed the city of Jerusalem and the sanctuary were the Romans, so there will be a prince somewhere along the way, we don't know where, but there will be a prince who will come out of the Roman people um, who have destroyed the city and the sanctuary. In AD 70, Rome destroyed, the Romans destroyed the city and the sanctuary. The, the city's end uh, shall come with a flood, it shall come in a rush, and it did, and, the end, and to the end there shall be war, and there was. And then there's a period and then it says desolations are decreed. Well, if you remember from a previous week, desolations in the past have often referred to somebody coming in and, and just doing blasphemous things in the sanctuary of the temple. So, uh in in you know we 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 when we looked at chapter 8, it was um it was Antiochus Epiphanes coming in and and slaughtering a pig and putting up a statue of Zeus uh, in the sanctuary. So we're told that desolations are decreed. Now think about this, though, okay? We just read that the, the, the Romans, the people of the prince that is to come, and turned out to be the Romans, destroyed the city in AD 70, okay? So the city's destroyed, the temple's destroyed, and then we get desolations are decreed. So here's my question to you. If the city's destroyed and the temples in Jer- Jerusalem is destroyed, where is this desolation that is going to take place that's been decreed going to happen at? Obviously, it can't happen in Jerusalem in the temple because the temple's been destroyed, and up to this day. The temple still does not exist. If you go to Temple Mount now, there is no temple there. There has been no temple there since the Romans destroyed it in AD 70. As a matter of fact, now there is a mosque there. So that's a good question that we'll we'll look into a little bit here in a few minutes. Verse 27, and he shall make a strong covenant. Who is he? Well, he is most likely the prince that will come out of the Romans. He, the prince, shall make a strong covenant with many for one week and for half of the week. Now remember this is years, so he shall make a covenant with many for seven years, one week, seven years, and for half of the week or three and a half years, he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. Who's going to do that? The prince, the prince that comes out of out of the Roman people or their ancestors. he's going to do this. Uh, he shall put an end to the sacrifice and offering, and on the wing of abomination. Or coming in in the form of an abomination shall come one who makes desolate. Again, what, where is this going to happen? At the temple no longer exists, and it shall happen until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator. So at some point, somebody called the prince is going to rise up out of the Roman people or their 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 progeny, their their uh, their children, 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 children. Um, And he is going to once again step into the temple, apparently, and cause this desolation that has been decreed. Now, for that to happen, something has to happen. The temple has to once again be rebuilt. And we cannot finish this last final week until this happens. This is going to happen in that final week. It's going to happen after the 62 years in that final week. So this puts us at a place of going a little deeper into this. And what do we know about this final week, this final seven-year period? Now then, I just talked really fast and threw a lot of information at you all. So if you're still with me, if your eyes haven't rolled back in your head and you're not getting eyes glazed over that ego look, I want you to give me a thumbs up. I wanna know that you're still out there. I wanna know that you're still connected and that it's still making sense. And if you have a really important question or something you really are, are, are completely not getting, uh, let me know that as well. And I will try to answer it here real quick. I know there's about a 30 second delay here, so I'm gonna talk. All right, we got lots of thumbs up, so you guys are hanging with me. That's awesome. Anything? Any questions about that? Does the final week, the seven years, make sense to you all? If it does, we're gonna move on tonight, and we're gonna we're gonna work through a little bit more of this together. Uh, and I'm seeing some thumbs up, and I appreciate the hearts. Thank you for those. Whoever threw that up. It does my heart. It warms my heart. It does my heart good uh, to, to know there's a little love out there. That's awesome. I don't see any questions. So either they haven't come through yet or else um, there aren't any. And uh, either way, I'm going to go ahead and move forward and I'll try to watch as I go here. One of the things that will help you put this all into perspective it is uh, there's a few things here. First of all is a question. And this is a question I, ha- I have. I have had. Why? Would God bring on the seven weeks, the 49 years, then bring on the 62 weeks and those years, and then we're down to the final week, and he chooses not to just go ahead and have the final week? Why is there this delay? Because we're looking at a gap of almost 2,000 years, really 2,000 years, right at 2,000 years, now between the 69th week and the seventy week, 70th week. Why would that happen? Well, let me just refer you to two scriptures the, and they're both in the notes tonight. The first one we're not going to turn to. It's in Zechariah. But the second one we are going to turn to, and it's in Romans. And if you've got your Bibles tonight, go with me to Romans 11. And uh, we're going to look together tonight at Romans 11.25. And I'm turning there with you so you all can keep up with me if you want to. Romans 11.25. And, and and let me just sum it up in, in one word. Why would God place a gap between week 69 and 70? Let me sum it up in one word, okay? Mercy. Understand when this final final week, the 70th week takes place, when this week is over, there will be no more sin. Uh, There will be no more unrighteousness, which is awesome. Um, There will have finally been justice and judgment. Uh, The end will have come and people will be spending eternity in one of two places. And God has extended his mercy for this gap, this thousand years, to give. If you go and read Zechariah, you will find it talks about God extending mercy to his chosen people, the Jewish people. What I'm going to read to you in Romans 11:25 25, is the same thing. It's mercy, but it's mercy extended to the Gentiles and the Gentile nations. Look what it says in verse 25. Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel. This is Paul speaking. A partial hardening has come up on Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in and in this way all Israel will be saved. And it's this concept of the fullness of the Gentiles. We are living in what is called by many the Gentile age, the age of faith, the age of salvation by faith. We are living in a time where God has allowed for 2,000 years now, the nations to be attracted and called to Him. Why is there a gap between the, the 69th week and the 70th, the final week? It's because God is slow in His anger. He is patient. Uh, he is merciful and he is giving the Jewish people, his chosen uh nation, as well as us Gentiles, the opportunity to repent and come to him. He's put that in there for no other reason than his love, his patience, and, and his grace and his mercy. Now, how do we know that it hasn't happened? Well, again, we know it hasn't happened because first of all, at the end of the 70th week, there will be no more sin. Well, I can look around the world right now and tell you there's sin, it hasn't gone away. So the 70th week hasn't yet happened. There will be everlasting righteousness according to, to Daniel chapter uh, 9, verse 24. I can look around right now and tell you there is not everlasting righteousness. And there's a number of other things that haven't been fulfilled. Those are the two big ones. So we know the 70th week hasn't happened. So this 70th week is, is yet to take place. So what is the 70th week? Well, let, let me let me make some connections here for you if I can. Um, let's talk about the times Christ. Comes to this earth okay there's basically three times and maybe maybe this will help you a little bit the first time Christ came he came as a baby you all know that we we this, for us this is history and remember for Daniel this was forth for, forward-telling prophecy this was yet to, to happen but Jesus came as a baby and he was born and, and let me talk about for a minute what was the purpose of his coming now you could say he came in the context or he came as Savior and and that is what came out of that. But let me, let me challenge that a little bit or go a little bit different direction with that. Jesus, when he came the first time, he, his primary reason for coming wasn't to be Savior, although that was, that was a secondary to it. His primary purpose for coming the first time was to be a sacrifice. Jesus came the first time to be a sacrifice. And there's a number of scriptural references you can look at in the notes that say that Jesus was born for one reason. He was born to die on a cross. He was born to be sacrificed and become the sacrifice for our sins. So Jesus, the first time he came, he came as a sacrifice. Now his sacrifice led to the spiritual salvation of many. And I know that, I'm not denying that, but his primary reason was to come to be a sacrifice. The second time Jesus comes back, The second time Jesus comes back, he's going to come back not as a sacrifice. He's going to come back as a savior. Now, not a savior in the context of spiritually saving people. He's already doing that. But the second time Jesus comes back, we in the church call it the rapture of the church. Um, If you go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 um, Verse 10 and, and and 2 Thessalonians talks about it as well I think actually 2 Thessalonians is, is the scripture I'm thinking of It talks about it as a catching away of the church, of the bride of Christ We call it the rapture His second coming is to be Savior Not Savior in a spiritual sense But he is saving the church, saving followers from the wrath of God Now you say, Pastor Barry, come on, God is not an angry God well, you need to read the bible. i w- I would challenge you with that a little bit, but let me just say this, okay, when we talk about the wrath of God, it's not a, it's not wrath in the sense of humanity being angry or humanity's wrath. when God is wrathful, it's a righteous wrath. when God is ra- wrathful uh, and, and God it, God brings judgment, it is not judgment and wrath like a human being or, or humanity. it's justice. it's God bringing justice. it's it, it's righteous indignation, it's righteous wrath and and God is a God who is patient. And God, who I showed you 2,000 years of mercy, but even God comes to the place where He says, Today we're finally at the end. Today the time of the Gentiles is full. Today I finally have to bring justice and to bring justice I have to be bring judgment and when we step into that final week that seven that final seven years what we are doing is we are stepping into the the wrath of God being poured out upon a people and we can look in Revelation tonight and see that even in that moment even that even in that time and again it's in the notes even in that time when God pours out his wrath upon humanity in that seven year that final week um even then, it's to bring them to repentance. And, and, and one time in Revelation, it says, and they repented. Some of them repented. But two, three, four times in Revelations, after God pours out his wrath upon wrath upon wrath, it says time and time again, and they still would not repent from their rebellion. They still not would not repent from their evil ways. So this this final week is going to be a week of God's wrath, God's judgment, which is to say God's justice, being poured out upon a willfully rebellious humanity a willfully rebellious satan a willfully rebellious prince which is uh, which is Daniel chapter 9 the prince we talked about um, it, it is going to so God is going to the second time he comes back He's going to come back to save us the church from the wrath of God that will be poured out We call it the rapture those that are dead in Christ will rise to meet Jesus in the air according to Thessalonians Those are the, that uh, of us that are alive will follow after in the twinkling in a moment in a twinkling of an eye If you've been to a funeral you've heard this um, the church will rise and we will meet Christ in the air What's this going to look like? How does it happen? What are the physics of this? Listen to me? I have no idea It's a supernatural experience. I don't know how a physical body can can become immortal. Mortal can become immortal. Physical can become spirit. I don't know. All I know is Paul tells us in Thessalonians that that is the thing that happens prior to this final week. So let me talk just real quickly about the fi- at the end of the final week. The end of the final week is the time that Jesus comes back for the third time. It's the time he comes back for the final time. And the first time he came to be a sacrifice, the second time he came to be that Savior who saves us from the wrath, the third time Jesus comes back in judgment. He's poured out his wrath from a distance for a full week for seven years. And now, finally, at the end, he's going to come back and, and he's going to touch down on this earth Uh, He he is going to bring final judgment to Satan. He's going to bring final judgment to this prince who is the Antichrist. He's going to bring final judgment to all those that in that seven year, that final week, they made a decision, a choice that they were going to willfully rebel against him and serve the Antichrist empowered by the devil. And and the, the third time he's going to come back, he's going to come back as judge. Um, so what does this final week look like I think that would be a great place to go next I'm trying to watch my time here Uh, again let me check in you guys still with me I am talking a lot about stuff I would love to have interaction it just is not really working in this context very well but um, are you still out there give me a thumbs up and if you are while you're doing that Let's jump to Revelation chapter 6, and I want to spend a few minutes here and read through some scriptures with you and for you. Awesome. We've still got people hanging in there. Um, Terrific. Let's do this. Let's go to Revelation 6. What in the world does this final week look like? Well, the final week is laid out for us in Revelation 6. Revelation 6 is an overview of all that's going to happen in that final week. Um, and as you go on past chapter six in Revelation, you get into seven all the way through chapter 18. It's a little bit, it's a lot more detailed explanation of what that week's going to look like, but let's do this. Let me read the first verse and then I'm going to back you up a few, a little bit into chapter four and chapter five and read a couple verses there to to put some context to this. So verse one of chapter six. Remember, John, this is an apocalyptic uh, vision John is having. And also remember, John is a Jewish young man uh, who is very familiar with all of the prophecies of Daniel we've been talking about. So all that we've been talking about, he he knew that. He got that. He saw that. So you can only imagine going through his mind what he was thinking is he saw this stuff knowing what had been given to the prophet Daniel. Verse 1, Now I watched, John watched, when the Lamb opened, one of the seven seals. So John is standing and he is watching the lamb Jesus, the Messiah, uh the Christ who died open one of the seals. Now let's back up because I think a lot of times people don't do this. Let's go back all the way back up to chapter 4 and I'm only going to read a couple verses here, but I want you to see that the setting of what's going on. John in chapter 4, it says this, after this I John looked And behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. And once I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. So John has stepped through a a door in his vision. He stepped into the throne room of God. Okay, just imagine what this this experience had to be like for him. Slip on down then to chapter 5. And let's look at verse 1 there. So he's in the throne room, and it says, Then I saw the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, a scroll. So imagine a rolled-up scroll, and, and on the throne, a scroll written written within and on the back, and it was sealed with seven seals. Six wax seals uh, were, were burnt and, and, and melted and sealed this scroll that was in the hand of God himself. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? Those seven seals had to be broken in order to bring about the final week of Daniel. Now, now, now we, we think of all the horrible things that we're going to see that happen in that final week, but think about this. Um, Daniel is standing there, and, and, and he's in the throne room, and he sees this, and he realizes Until we get through the final week, we're never going to have that time, verse 24, Daniel 9, we're never going to have that time where there is no more sin. We're never going to have that time where there is righteousness everlasting. We're never going to have that time where the abomination completely ends. We're never going to have that time where the prophetic word of God is concluded. We're never going to have heaven until those seals get opened. So he's standing there watching God with his scroll in his hand and these seals that have to be broken to get us into the seventh week, into his final week. It says, And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. And I begin to weep. And you see why John wept, because he wanted eternity. He wanted righteousness. He, he wanted holiness. He wanted the goodness of God. And he realized it can't happen until the final week is concluded. And I begin to weep verse, four, weep, verse 4, loudly, because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and it's seven seals now think about this with me okay daniel has this this thing explained to him by gabriel by by the angel of 70 weeks the 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 69th week ended where if you remember from last week it ended with christ on the cross so it wasn't until after christ went to the cross and hung on the cross and and became that sacrifice that he that there was even anybody able to open these seven seals and able to begin the final week but with his death on the cross with his Sacrifice with the lamb that was slain the lion of the tribe of Judah it says in verse 5 all of a sudden Jesus was qualified yet God's given us 2,000 years this gap before he finally begins to open these seals. Verse 5, and no one of the elders said, to, or one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David is conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And let's jump back down to chapter six, where we began. And now you've got a little context and maybe understanding of what it means when it says a seal was opened. So the first seal was open and the contents of this scroll, the contents of this final week, the contents of Daniel's 70th week, these last seven years begin to be poured out. And, and let Let me just read through some of these and this is an overview of what's going to happen in those seven years not detail just an overview the detail is in chapter 7 through 18 now I watched when the lamb opened one of the seven seals and I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder come and I looked and behold a white horse and its rider had a bow and crown was given to him and he came out conquering and to conquer so there's going to be conquering and conquest verse 3 and he opened the second seal the second seal gets opened and out came another horse, bright red. Its rider permitted was permitted to take peace from the earth. People will slay one another. And he was given a great sword. There will be a, a, a horrible massacre, horrible massacres. Uh, verse 5 when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say come and I looked and behold a black horse And its rider had a pair of scales in his hand and it's going to be famine. There will be famine on the earth uh, Verse 7 when he opened the fourth seal I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say come and I looked and behold a pale horse and its rider was named death and, and Hades follow, Hades followed after it and he, he, he was given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill a fourth, a quarter. If you can imagine, think of the number of deaths we've had through this whole COVID thing. Imagine one-fourth of the population of the earth, of the billions of people that live on the earth, um, being slaughtered. This is what we're looking at in this final seven years. When he opened the fifth seal, and, and, and humanity will do this part to themselves. God, This is not even God's wrath. Humanity will do this part to themselves. Verse 9, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness. And there's going to be many martyrs that are going to die uh, in that period that through that process are going to come to realize Jesus is real. This whole thing is real. Probably Jewish people, uh, many of them, and many people who never had an adequate presentation of the gospel in this period of time are going to come to believe um, because the church isn't going to be here. We're going to be gone. And then let's jump down to verse 12. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, the full moon became like blood, the stars of the sky fell to the earth, uh, the sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up. Every mountain and island was removed from its place. Let's jump down to verse 16. Uh, and the the great men and the generals and the powerful people they were calling to the verse 16, calling to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us. Now this is what I want you to see from the face of him. Who is seated on the throne from the wrath of the Lamb. This is what the seventh week will be the wrath of the Lamb. God's justice, God's judgment being poured on those out on those who were willfully rebellious, and, and for two thousand years, generation after generation, refused to follow him. Uh, and again, we got to put wrath in its context. This isn't like human wrath or humanity's wrath. This is a, a, a wrath based on righteousness and justice and you say pastor Bray that just seems horrible and i agree with you it sound, it is horrible it sounds horrible and you may think it feels it seems unfair but just put yourself in a position where somebody has come and has has done something horrible to you or somebody you love and and think how you would feel if there was never any justice if there was never any judgment upon them somebody comes and murders somebody i care about somebody comes and does something horrible to somebody i care about i, I you know revenge is wrong um, but I want to see justice done there needs to be consequences and we've got to put that in this context that's what this is it's the wrath of the lamb for the great day of the wrath has come who can stand so this is what we see when we see this final seven years listen it's seven o'clock I'm going to bring this to a close um, I would love to go ahead and work through Revelation 13 with you all that talks about the Prince of Revelation 9 Uh, I have put that in the notes. You can certainly go and read that. I would love to work through Daniel chapter 7 Which we've already taught on and connect that to Daniel chapter 9. Those are also in the notes You can certainly grab that and and do that as well Uh, I I have also in the notes some explanation the different ways that the seven years Are described numerically 42 months three and a half years the, the half half week the full week um so you can you can pull that information out of there as well and i've made I've, I've made some connections between revelation and daniel and the antichrist the prince it's the horn of chapter seven it's the antichrist and the beast of revelation 13. the abomination of desolation we have put some pieces and some things to get together there uh, also in the notes that that connect daniel 7 9 and revelation 11 and revelation 13 to the abomination of desolation that will happen Three and a half years into this and then the final judgment also some connections there with chapter 7 chapter 9 of Daniel and Revelation 19 and 20 um, I, I would love to go further into this and and I, I think maybe we'll have an opportunity to jump into some of those things maybe in the future uh, and I will I will do this tonight I, I will put it this way um, next week we can jump into Galatians uh, or next week we can spend a little bit more time working through this uh, so what I will ask you to do is if you would rather, uh, and prefer to, uh, go ahead and spend one more week and it would be just one more week in, in, uh, Daniel nine and finish these connections up, we'll do that. If you would rather jump into Galatians, do that. I rarely ask for a vote as to what I'm going to teach and I never do for what I'm going to preach. I'm going to do that tonight because I have very little feedback from you all just because I can't see you. So if you have uh, a preference one way or the other, Uh, just put in, give us a comment tonight, Galatians, or give us a comment tonight, Daniel Revelation, and, uh, we will look at this, and I reserve the right to make the final decision regardless of how the vote goes, um, but I would like to hear your thoughts on that. Hey, one last thing, and we're going to let you go tonight, and thank you all for being a part and, uh, uh, checking in and being a part of our Bible study night. The winner of the, uh, Mother's Day competition, the Mother's Day contest, uh, for the picture of, um, uh, the queen Still the queen, uh, in, even in uh, in quarantine, I think is the way it went, is uh, Shelly and her girls. So congratulations to Shelly and uh, and her daughters, her girls. Uh, they had a, a really funny, um, hilarious uh, picture they posted and uh, did a great job of it. I want to say congratulations to a lot of the rest of you as well. We also have a second place winner, and that was Sam and Stephanie. They Sam put a lot of time into this really huge... Um, Uh, picture and poster as well. But even beyond that, there was a whole lot more uh, really good ones out there. So congratulations to Shelly and her family and Sam and Stephanie. And thank you all for participating in that. Hey, listen, and thank you for letting me know your thoughts here. Um, Yeah, yay, Shelly. I saw somebody just posted that. Love you guys. Have an awesome week. I look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Listen, you don't want to miss Sunday. We've got somebody special going to be speaking Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Ten fifteen, like always. And uh, God bless. Have an awesome week. And I will talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.